Let's pray. Father, we just ask tonight that you would help us. We do pray for our brothers and sisters right at this moment, Lord, that are being persecuted, imprisoned, and tortured for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would bless them and encourage them. Lord, we ask tonight, Lord, our prayers are not bound, Lord, by by inches or by water or by lands, because we know we can pray to the God of heaven who hears and answers. Lord, we pray that you would undertake tonight for the family of God. Lord, we ask, O oh God, Lord, that we'd not neglect our duty to pray for them, to lift them up to the throne of grace. Lord, would you undertake for them? Would you help, Lord? We pray to the pulling down of the strongholds of wickedness, Lord, in these nations, these governments that have oppressed your people, O oh God. We pray tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would move across North Korea and Afghanistan, Lord. Lord, these great nations, Libya and Somalia, Lord, we're praying tonight that you would move by your spirit, Lord. You'd strengthen your people, O God. Oh, Father, tonight we just praise you for the great liberty that we have, Lord, tonight to come, Lord, to worship you, to lift up your name, to, to open your word. We thank you, Lord. We have a Bible in our own language. We thank you tonight for the privilege to know you, and Lord, for the freedom that we still have in this land, O oh God. Lord, even though we see that that door is slowly closed, and we just pray tonight that we would take that liberty that we have, Lord, to worship you and to glorify you. So bless your word to our hearts tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 5, and we're reading from verse 1. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall seek God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And we know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. Uh, we just go back and we could read together verse 10. Verse 10, just reading it together. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Praise the Lord. We have a great liberty. We are a blessed nation and a blessed people. Persecuted, blessed are the persecuted for righteousness' sake. You know, you only, very simply, you only have to love Jesus and stand for his word and you will face, you will face persecution. We'll come to it in a minute, but our nation is changing at a rapid pace and I've said it from this platform many times, I believe that persecution will come. It will come. I believe we're very close to the day when people who love Jesus, anybody love Jesus here? And do you love his word? Because it's you have to, if you love him, you love his word. When men begin to compromise his word and change his word, 
then you question their love for him. And so when we love Jesus, if you simply just love the Lord tonight, so simple, we love him because he first loved us, and we do love him. And secondly then, we love his word. And all you have to do is love him and love his word and stand for truth, and you're going to be persecuted. It's coming. And certainly those in secular employment will know the screw is slowly being turned. And so we're going to see persecution. I believe that the United Kingdom is going to see persecution well before the United States see it. The United States seems to have a reprieve in having President Trump at this time. I believe God has put him there at the answer and the cry of the church in the United States and the prayer that went up. And God has given them a reprieve, a space, in order that they would repent. I, I don't know who's going to be our next prime minister, but what I want to say is that if you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you love his word, stand for his truth, I believe in our generation of the Lord tarries, we will experience physical persecution, physical persecution. And so that's, that's where we are. That's the time we've come to. The Lord says in John 14 and verse 15, if you turn to it, John 14 and verse 15, we have great comfort in these words and great assurance because I believe persecution will bring about a number of things. One of them will be, it will bring a shaking amongst the church general to bring forth the real church, the body of Christ, the remnant. A definition of the term remnant is a people who survive a crisis. We're heading for a crisis. And when the persecution comes, number one, it, it shakes up the church and brings to the fore those that do love Jesus and love his word. And number two, it causes the church to be scattered, to go out, and then the church grows and it multiplies. That's what happened in the New Testament church. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, If you love me, if you love me, Keep my commandments, and I will pray. Now here's our confidence, and here is our comfort. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Here's the great hope that we have. If you love Jesus and you stand for truth, he'll give you the Holy Ghost. He'll give you the comfort. The, hope, the comforter will come and enable us to stand in the power. We're not going to stand on our own strength. We're not going to be able to do it on our own in our, in our own abilities. It will be by the power of the Holy Ghost that he will give us the ability to stand and to know what to say at that time when we come against that great opposition that's coming. The word keep here in John 14 and 15, if you love me, keep is a Greek word which is uh, terio, which simply means to guard or to keep an eye upon. You know, it's to guard the word of God. You know, it tells us that we're to earnestly contend for the faith. It's to watch the word of God. The policies are changing. The politicians are changing. The governments are changing. The agendas are changing. The word of God never changes. And so we have to keep our eye not necessarily on what's happening in, in, in the world of politics, but we have to keep our eye on what Jesus said because he's told us of these days what would happen, when they would happen, and we are to be ready for these days which have come upon us. In John chapter 15, just over in the next chapter, verse 9, Jesus said, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. 
If you keep my commandments, there's that word again. If you watch my word, if you guard my word, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you, that your joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever, I command you. We're living in tremendous days, tremendous change in our country. We hear from open doors, from the Barnabas, from Asia Link, from revival movement, the reports that are coming in of the great persecution, the physical, awful persecution, the shedding of blood, martyrs for the for the for the for the Lord Jesus Christ, imprisoned women and children being butchered, raped. There's so many things that are happening across the world right tonight as we sit here in this great liberty that we have. Jesus has told us plainly exactly what will happen. This is not a gray area. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 22, this is what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 10, 22, and then we'll go into that Chapter Matthew 24 after that. But this is what Jesus said. Matthew 10, 22. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Ye shall be, what does he say? Strong language, isn't it? Ye shall be hated. What for? For my name. You'll be hated for my name. I'm sure... It doesn't take an expert here, but if you listen to any of the radio shows or any of the political shows or the chat sort of political chat shows, it doesn't take you very long to work out that once anyone makes a stand for Jesus Christ, claims to be a follower of him, a born-again Christian, a Bible-believing Christian, it's nearly like the wolves are let out of the cage. Isn't that right? It's the venom that's rising against the church of Jesus Christ, the born-again believers in our country is, particularly amongst the young that are coming up, it is, it is a day in which we know we've come to. It's the last days. Jesus clearly tells us we're going to be hated for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be hated for his name's sake. We're not trying to be hated. You understand what I'm saying? We're not trying to be provocative. But if we're asked the question, we'll give an answer of the hope that's within us and our hope is Jesus Christ. If we're asked the question, do you actually really believe that, that God created a heaven and an earth? Do you believe in this creation stuff? We believe it. Do you actually really believe in the virgin birth? We believe it. Do you actually really believe that Jesus is God? Do you believe in a heaven and a hell? Do you believe that God's, Jesus Christ is coming back again? Do you actually believe this stuff? We believe it. And once you start to say, I believe what the Bible says, I simply believe that this is the Word of God, that this, this book from Genesis to Revelation is the inspired Word of the living God. It is absolute, listen, it is absolute truth. See, we're living in a world there's no absolutes. Everyone can do what's right in their own eyes. Today, that which is good is evil, that which is evil is good. We have been told these are the days we have come to. But Jesus said to his followers, you're going to be hated for my name's sake. 
how much we need the Holy Ghost, how much we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Tells us in Matthew chapter 24, and again, interpreting these great chapters and understanding the timings, there's some diversity in that, and I believe parts of this have been fulfilled, and most of it has not been fulfilled. But I believe that here the Lord, as he's sitting on the Mount of Olives, Matthew 24 and verse 3, the disciples came to him saying, Tell us when these things shall be, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus said, Take heed, no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. A nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, we are already in the beginning of sorrows. Then it says, they shall deliver you up to be, what does it say? This is the followers of Christ. To be, number one, what will you be? Afflicted. Number two, what will they do? They'll kill you. And number three, and they shall, and ye shall be hated. The actual meaning there is you'll be detested. You will be detested of all nations for the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus has told us exactly. Sorry, I'm not trying to depress you tonight or, or, or bring us down. This shows us where we are. You will be detested of all nations for the name of Jesus Christ. Afflicted. That word would mean there be a tremendous... You know what the word actually means to be afflicted here? It says in these days, you will experience an unrelentless pressure. There'll be a pressure come. That's where that word affliction, that's the actual root meaning of it. There's going to be a pressure. Are we living in a day where there's a lot of pressure? I'm not talking about just having a bad day or not. I'm talking about there's a spiritual pressure. Anyone experiences spiritual. See, anyone who's following the Lord Jesus Christ, anybody that loves him, anyone that stands for his word, do you know what they're experiencing all across this country, not just here in this local assembly, but everyone that's following Christ, they're experiencing the spiritual pressure. We're in a conflict. We have spiritual, we have a spiritual warfare. We are engaged in a good fight. And so we're going to be afflicted. We're going to experience that affliction. And it simply means that there's a pressure that will come, a tribulation that will come, an affliction. It would feel sometimes, it, there's another word used for it, that it's like narrow. All of a sudden, the path is like so narrow. There's no leeway. There's such a pressing in against the true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got great hope because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He says he'll give us the Holy Ghost. How we need revival. And why I say that is who or what is revival for? We should all know the answer to that. You've heard it many times. Revival is for the church. Revival is when the church is awakened, when it is revived, when it is energized by the power of the Holy Ghost, when it is lifted out of death, slumber, compromise, that it is infused by the power of the Spirit of God, set ablaze, that's revival. 
And we need a revival. I believe men will wax worse and worse. Why do I believe that? Because the Bible says the darkness of the last days, the spiritual conflict, the affliction, you'll be hated. There's going to be great persecution. We're going to press. There's going to be a pressing against the church of Jesus Christ like never before in the final days. But revivals to raise up a church and the power of the Holy Ghost to stand in the last days, to proclaim the gospel with signs and wonders following them that believe we need revival. And so we stand. It's like at the minute we're standing in a place where we know the great need is revival. And we see the onslaught of all the powers of darkness. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, revival is coming. Because he's coming for a glorious church. He's coming for a victorious church. Not a dead, backslidden, apathetic church. He's coming for a church that's full of the Holy Ghost. And that pressing is coming to bring about a remnant that's going to stand for Jesus Christ. John 15 and 18. This is what Jesus said in John 15 and 18. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If the world hates you, you must know this, John 15, 18, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Now, verse 19 says this, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own. Now, I want you to stop for a moment because this is where is required some discernment and identifying some things because there's an awful lot of worldliness in the church, right? There's an awful lot of things happening in the church today, so-called converts to the Christian faith, particularly huge pop artists and stars and are all getting swept into the whole music industry. And it is the world... And the world love it. This is what Jesus, listen to what Jesus said. Look what he said again. Do you see what I'm saying? If ye were off the world, the world would love his own. When you see the world loving it, think, can you get the discernment here? When you see the world loving it, that's amazing. They're Christians too. Listen, let's go to their concerts. This is awesome. We, then there's something wrong because if the world love it, then the love of the Father's not in them. And so we got to be able to discern biblically what Jesus is saying here. If ye were off the world, if it's worldly, then the world would love his own. But Jesus is saying, you'll be hated for me. So there's a conflict here, isn't there? As, do you see there's something wrong? It doesn't take you to be very intelligent to see this. You can nearly work it out yourself. You can see it all happening. You're saying, but the world love that. That is worldly. And Jesus said, if the world love it, then it's not him. Because he's not off this world. He's overcome the world. He called us to be separate from the world and worldliness. And so we see the worldliness that has been swept into the church of Jesus Christ today. Particularly, and it's not a pet subject, honestly, but I do mention it often. Particularly in the whole contemporary music industry. And it's, I say it that way because that's what it is. It's an industry. 
So we see the subtlety of the enemy. Jesus says, but because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. It's good to come out of the world, isn't it? It's good to be free from the world. It's good to be delivered from the world. Isn't it? Isn't it good to be free tonight? Are you glad you're out of the world? You know, when they're trying to make the church look like a pub and a club and a disco, that's the world to me because that's what I was saved out of. Now they want to bring it in and make a look as though you're comfortable. I'm the most uncomfortable person if they turn all the lights off and somebody sets the smoke machines off and the lights are flashing. That's what I was saved from. And so they want us to bring it in. And it's not just about that, well, you're just some type of... Listen, it's everything that comes with it. The standards will drop. Oh, well, you turn the lights off. Come on. Turn the lights off and play some nice soft music. All of a sudden, they'll be holding hands and everything else will go with that. You see, we're children of light. I know we're weird. That's okay. I don't mind being weird. The people will hate us the most would probably be those liberal Christians. They're the ones that will turn against us the most because they'll say we're some form of legalists. I want to tell you, friends, I spent most of my unsaved days in bars and clubs, the Windsor nightclub in Bangor. Thank God I believe it's closed. I'm going to tell you, friends, God saved me out of it. He delivered me out of the Copacabana on a Saturday night. Thank God I'm free. But why then do we need to bring that into the church? Because we're trying to attract the world with the world and the world love it. And Jesus has nothing to do with it. It's frightening, isn't it? Because this is large sections of the Christian faith today, so-called. And so we're the odd ones out. Praise the Lord. It's good to be the odd ones out, isn't it? You're glad you're the odd one out? Praise the Lord. But we're not really. We're not the odd ones out. Because God's got a people. Right across this land and across these nations that are standing for Jesus, they love Jesus and they love his word. And so he says, but because you're not of this world, I've chosen you out of the world. Therefore, the world is going to hate you. Strong, isn't it? The world is going to hate you. Anybody like being hated? We all like to be loved, don't we? Do you know what that's got to do with? Most of the time, it's to do with our reputation. And Jesus made himself of no reputation. It's good to lose your reputation. If you come to Balna Hinch, I'm going to tell you something, you lose your reputation. <laughs> if you're trying to hold on to it in your Balna Hinch, it's going to go soon. You go to that big church, that New Testament, sure they're all nuts in there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> do you not believe in the Old Testament? Yes, we do. <laughs> you heard that one? And so you get a label. <laughs> Strange, isn't it? You get a label because you love Jesus, you love his word, and the service goes on for two hours. <laughs> what? You know homes to go to? Friends, can you believe it? Can you imagine people, Christians, giving off because they want to be out by one hour, ten minutes, or else? It's mad, isn't it? They think we're mad. What a day we're in. 
Wouldn't it be lovely to be caught up so much in the presence of the Lord that we tarry in an upper room for 10 days together? Imagine just caught up, just waiting, just tarrying, just sharing, just letting the Lord have his way, and then he comes. Would he do it again? Think about those Welsh revivals right out to 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the morning, singing, give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. The power of God flowing through the Welsh valleys, those old Welsh chapels, alive with God. 100,000 souls saved. The power of the living God just going from valley to valley. Houses being transformed, lives being transformed, the hardest of people being saved, miners, rough and ready, and God melting their hearts. Born of the Spirit of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, a power of the Holy Spirit. Azusa Street, where God came down, a black man is not even allowed to sit in a Bible school. Isn't it awesome the way God works? Doesn't he take the rejects, when even the rejects from the church, they wouldn't let him in the Bible school because of the color of his skin. God uses that man and uses those precious black people. They begin to praise the Lord and come into the things of the Spirit, baptized in the Holy Ghost. Living rooms were filled and crammed with people seeking the Lord and the power of the Holy Ghost came down and swept the world. They're caught up when time doesn't mean anything. We need that again, don't we? where we linger in the presence of God's the attraction, where the power of the Holy Ghost is so real. And some will go out and stand in the streets, and some may be martyred, some may be imprisoned. It may not be that we can always meet in this fashion. It might be that they close our doors. It might be that the Charity Commission, who's trying to tie everything up subtly over these years and get all the churches registered, it's more like China than what you realize. All the churches are registered. All their finances must be known. All their members and their trustees must be recorded. All their addresses are known. And it has to be approved by the Northern Ireland Charity Commission and the Inland Revenue. And all the laws are being pressed. And the screws are starting to be turned. And you will employ homosexuals in your church. And we won't. Not they will gladly say, here's the keys. We can meet in the car park. It might happen. It might happen, but you'll be hated for his name's sake. You want to live for Jesus? You want to stand for the Lord? Just love him and love his word. You don't have to do anything else. Persecution's going to come. You don't have to do anything else. It's just such a simple thing to do. Love Jesus and love his word, stand for truth, and persecution will come. The Bible tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 3, that great chapter and this chapter, chapter 3, of course, is to the church and what will happen in the church, not in the world. Mostly we quote this concerning the, what is happening in the world, but actually this is what takes place in the church of Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy 3, just for time's sake, you can read the whole chapter when you go home, but in verse 8 it says, Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. This is what will happen amongst the church of believers in the last day, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was. 
For thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, which, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, praise the Lord, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. What does it say? Persecution. Can I say that verse again? Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You see, I believe our persecution in the West currently is a spiritual one. There's spiritual persecution. There's a pressure. There's a pressing. It's a spiritual persecution. But I believe that physical persecution will follow. It says, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving, being deceived, but continue thou in all things which thou hast learnt and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them. And from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I want to share a couple of testimonies. Um, a group of 500, this is recent testimonies, just to give you an insight of what's happening, but a group of, some of you may know the testimonies, I've read about them, but a group of 500 Nigerian Muslim background Christians were gathered together for safety after a string of Boko Haram attacks, were later attacked again by Islamist uh, militant group, most escaped apart from 76 men, women and children who were taken captive according to the Barnabas Fund. 76 were taken to a, a Boko Haram terrorist camp where they were tortured. The four male leaders of the group were told at gunpoint to renounce their faith in Christ and revert to Islam. They refused, holding fast to their saviour. The members shot in front of their families and friends. This is only a couple of months ago. The following week, the wives of the four martyred men were also ordered to renounce their faith of their children or their children would be executed. As the mother struggled under this terrible burden into the night, the children came running in and said to the, that the Lord Jesus Christ had appeared to them and said all would be well. The kids. According to the account, the Lord Jesus then appeared to all of the group and told them not to fear. I believe this, brothers and sisters, that he would protect them. And they should not renounce him but stay strong, knowing that he is the way, the truth, and the life. The next morning, the children one a girl as young as four, were lined up against the wall by the terrorists and their four mothers were told they could save them if they renounced Jesus Christ and returned to Islam. Their mothers refused. The soldiers cocked their rifles, prepared to take aim when they suddenly started to grab at their heads, screaming and shouting, snakes, snakes. Some ran away. Others dropped dead where they stood. As one of the soldiers fell down dead, a Christian captive reached down to pick up the soldier's gun to fire at the fleeing Boko Haram militants. But the youngest child put her hand on his arm and said, you don't need to do that. Can you not see the men in white that are fighting for us? Isn't that amazing? That's just a couple of months ago. They will kill us. And sometimes we'll experience mighty deliverances, but sometimes blood will be shed. Recently, 300 people were killed in at least seven predominantly Christian villages across the Gaduna state in Nigeria in February and March. 300 in February and March past, 300 of our brothers and sisters were killed. 300. Brutal rapes and maiming with machetes were also reported. In a dawn attack, 
On February the 14th, 41 died when some 300 gunmen engulfed the village chanting Allah Akbar as they fired guns and ransacked homes. Almost all the dead were women and children apart from the few elderly and blind who were unable to flee. In Burkina Faso, motorcycle gunmen suspected to be Islamist militants killed a pastor and at least four worshippers at their church. Further, two Christians were said to be missing following the early afternoon bloodshed on Sunday the 28th of April. The details of the cold-blooded executions of a pastor and five of his congregation by Islamist militants in Burkina Faso have been revealed by an eyewitness. The pastor, a father of seven, and his congregation were rounded up in the courtyard of the church in a small northern town on Sunday the 28th of April by 12 gunmen riding motorcycles. The attackers demanded that the victims deny their Christian faith, convert to Islam, but they refused, said a worshipper who was present. The details of the cold-blooded executions of a pastor and five of his congregation by Islamist militants in Burkina Faso have been revealed in the most brutal fashion. They were slaughtered. Very rarely we'll the worst that we get is possibly someone refusing a tract. There's been the odd arrest in the mainland, but the worst that we get is someone maybe cursing us or telling us to go away. Our brothers and sisters are being brutally tortured and murdered around this world. And we've got such, such a blessing to be able to come together in this fashion. We really do. The persecution is not only physical, and we must be aware that there is a rapid increasing atmosphere in which we live of anti-Christian sentiment. Just recently, a Christian mother of two has been sacked from her job in a UK school because she objected to the teaching about homosexuality and transsexualism at her son's primary school. We've seen recently about the Christian rugby player who's been kicked out of the sport for his views on homosexuality, believing that they are sinners and they must repent or they go to hell. His language has been straight and to the point. But it's true. Brothers and sisters, I said it's true. And so our, if I could identify it tonight, it'd be no shock or surprise as we close. The agenda of the... LGBTQ and so forth, that militant agenda is probably most likely where we are going to suffer persecution. That's where it's going to come from. That's the agenda. That is where there is a spirit, an antichrist spirit behind that whole system. It is not the people, but it is the spirit behind it, and they have one agenda. And that agenda is the church of Jesus Christ. Those who love Jesus and love his word. Persecution will come. We see the rise all around us. But blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness sake. For righteousness sake. What does it say? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Do you know what that, do you know what that means? The spiritual kingdom 
Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom of God. God will give them the spiritual kingdom. What is that? To close, it's Romans 14, 17. This is what it is. Stand for Jesus. Stand for his word. Love his name. He'll give you the kingdom of heaven. Synonymous with the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, it's peace, it's joy in the Holy Ghost. Think about it. Joy in the Holy Ghost, in the face of persecution, in the face of a militant rise of homosexuality, in the face of it all. And you've read the accounts. How, when you read Fox's Book of Martyrs, and you read of families standing at the stake, mommy and daddy and kids, and they begin to worship God as the flames are coming up around them, and they're rejoicing. How is that possible? Theirs is the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, friends, we have a great promise. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll build this church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. We may go through. I believe we will. Great persecution in these last days of the Lord tarries. But what comes out of that is a church triumphant, overcoming, loving the Lord Jesus Christ, standing for truth. And may God, by his grace, grant unto us many precious souls out of the mob. Give us souls of Tarsus. Give us men and women, reprobate they may be in their lifestyle and in the depravity of sin. But may God raise them up. Save them by his grace. And may we go home to glory with a great shout for Jesus. What a day we're in. Jesus told us what it would be like. We shouldn't be shocked. But how we need the Holy Ghost. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we just pray and ask tonight that you would give much help to your church at this time across these nations. We pray for the body of Christ. We pray for much grace. We pray for a holy boldness. Lord, we ask, Lord, would you again rend the heavens, pour out your spirit. Would you fill us with your power, with your love? Give us a holy boldness. Lord, we, oh God, in ourselves, we realize we are not up for the task, Lord, on our own physical frame, our own mental ability. But Lord, we thank you for the blessed Holy Spirit. Lord, would you infuse your church with the power of the Spirit of God. Lord, would you cause us to stand and haven't done all that we would stand. Lord, we pray, Lord, with the high praises of God in our mouth and this two-edged sword in our hand. Lord, we pray that the anointing of the Lord would come upon us. Lord, we pray for the workplace. We pray, Lord, for many where they'd labored against the legislations and the manipulation of that whole system that is coming against your people. Lord, give much wisdom. Lord, give much boldness. Lord, I pray you'd cover every one of us, Lord, to stand in these days, Lord. Oh, God, we just thank you, Lord, for the privilege to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. Thank you for the liberty we have, Lord. Lord, we take it for granted and we ask you, Lord, to forgive us, Lord. Lord, forgive us, Lord, for taking it for granted, Lord. Forgive us for our 
murmuring and our complaining, Lord. Oh, God, forgive us, Lord. Lord, we don't want to be fair-weather Christians, Lord. But, Lord, we pray, put a bit of steel in us, Lord. Lord, iron, we come into our souls, Lord. Lord, we pray, Lord. Lord, that we truly stand for you in these days, Lord. Lord, we pray. Oh, God, raise up your people, Lord, in this hour, Lord. Across this land, Lord, across this island, Lord, we're praying for a mighty revival, Lord, for a great awakening among us, O oh God. But Lord, we thank you, Lord, for who you are, Lord, and what you mean to each of us tonight, Lord. Lord, we just look to you in these days, Lord. Would you help us? Would you sustain us, Lord? Lord, we pray, Lord, we'd shake off the old grave clothes and the old things that would hinder us and hold us back, Lord. Lord, get our focus right. Get our vision right, Lord. Get our hearts right, Lord. Get our walk right, Lord. But, oh, God, Lord, we want to be fine, Lord. Lord, with that faith in our heart, that song in our mouth, Lord, that praise unto our God. Lord, we pray, Lord. Lord, we love you tonight, Lord. We love the name of Jesus. Oh, God, tonight we thank you we can speak that name without fear. Lord, we thank you we can lift that name up tonight in this place, Lord. We can praise you with all of our hearts, Lord. So, God, just help us tonight, Lord. Each one, Lord, we pray, shut us in with yourself. Encourage us, Lord. Think of our brothers and sisters, Lord, across this world. Oh, God, Lord, one day we'll be with them round the throne. Lord, we want to remember them, Lord, and bonds and chains and martyred and, Lord, their bloodshed, Lord. We just pray tonight, Lord, help us, Lord, not to be so selfish or self-centered, Lord. Lord, not to just be looking at our own, our own way, our own patch, Lord, our own things, our own ideas. But, Lord, give us your heart and your view, Lord, and give us your heart for your body across the world. Lord, we ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We stand tonight. We'll sing uh, that hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus.